everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yes You Can podcast. My name is Hannah, and I am the host and founder of Yes You Can and Instructor Magic, which is my instructor coaching program slash course. I say coaching program slash course because I had this vision for the first time that it launched that it was going to be this like turnkey login, go through the model modules, four week course. And then it turned into like a full on coaching program with the amount of touch points and, um, high tech, high touch sort of delivery format where we were doing Q and A's every week and there was one-on-ones. And so it really became more of what I think it was supposed to be, which is like a full on coaching program at the price of a course, because I just can't, I just can't like step back and like, let it happen. I just can't let people take the course on their own and not be in my DMS and not have this high touch sort of environment because I want to see people succeed. So anyways, if you hear me use the words course and coaching program interchangeably, now you know why. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be talking about it more because I'm launching it again. I'm so, so flipping excited. Now this episode is about that. So, and you would have seen that in the title. So this shouldn't be a surprise at all, but I, I am going to give a little bit of a life update, as I said in the last episode. So about two, three weeks ago, I had an injury in class and honestly, friends, it has been, it's been a wild to experience an injury like this where I've been fully kind of like off my feet to a degree. So I'll give the quick story, the quick review. If you've already heard it, if you're one of my close friends and you're really tired about hearing it, just like skip through for 30 seconds. But I was leading at Wheelhouse and where we are in in Manitoba, if you're not listening, if you're not a local listener, we're in code red again. And there was restrictions that were going to come down at 6 PM. I was teaching my 5:30 PM ride. And so I knew probably that when I left that room, the, we wouldn't, that would be my last ride. Like I just had a feeling that that would be my last ride and everybody would, that would have been their last ride as well. And so there's a, there's kind of a weird feeling going into it. Like when you're an instructor, when you're a coach, you want to give everybody the best experience. And often anything that's going in my life is left at the door, unless I'm going to use it to motivate, um, unless I feel strong enough to be motivating from that story. Like I, in my course, I go into how we motivate from scars, not wounds and all of that. So usually my stuff is left at the door unless it is going to serve the people in that room. But knowing that we were going to walk out of there and have it be the last time for potentially weeks or months or whoever knows, like knows how long, um, as we're still in it currently, just had a bit of a weird feeling. And I had a good friend who hadn't been riding in, in studio for a while and she was coming back. And so there's, there's some feels, there's some cool stuff happening. Um, and I wanted to make sure it was really special. Well, track five, track five, we were climbing, which is usually the case in my template. And I was off the bike as an instructor. I don't get off the bike unless it is, um, 
unless it's going to be helping bring me energy up in the room and really like help to coach people. I, I, it's just like, again, the thing I talk about in my course, I'm going to feel like I'm going to be like really kicking this horse to death by talking about that it's in the course, but there's reasons for it. And so you won't see me off my bike. And when it's a really challenging track, when there's a lot of choreography or when it's just like an intensely, uh, fast paced, high tempo track. But if it's a climb, it's, it's sort of this grinding out moment. And I often will get off the bike and sort of bring up the energy and really motivate and cheerlead and coach off the bike safely. So there's enough distance, but I'm, I'm really like, I feel like I'm fanning the flames of what's happening in that room is my metaphor. And I was jumping around my friend, Pam, who was the person who I alluded to and who hadn't been in the studio, but was doing a lot of work as at home. And she was making this big return. And I was so super excited to have her. And I jumped in front of her and I don't, I thought that I literally, well, first of all, I thought that Pam like threw a weight at the back of my leg, like a free weight. And I was like, that what? I was like, what the hell just happened here? And then I thought maybe I bumped her bike and something tumbled down and hit my leg. Cause it felt like, it felt like a two by four or a free weight had been like chucked at my leg. And I kind of yelped, but like made it fun and was like, Oh, and then turned to, to walk slash jump back towards the podium and realized that my leg just was like, not functioning. (laughs) And when I say it wasn't functioning, I mean, it feels like I realized in that moment that walking normally feels like we have a bit of spring in our step. Like there's this bounce that's there and there was just no bounce. Like it was like a deflated balloon where I was walking on something that felt like it was dead. Like it felt like my whole leg from the knee down was asleep. I was still confused as to who throws this weight at me. And I was like, that, well, that was odd. I looked at Pam. She kind of looked at me. And then I, I tried to take another step and I realized, oh my God, there's a lot of pain. And oh my God, I just snapped my muscle. Like I just knew deep down that it had, it was severed or not working anymore. And that is kind of an odd and terrible feeling to have about your body. In retrospect, I'm laughing because I was like, I'm on this, if you can picture me on the microphone, still needing to cue people in to their next interval, still needing to like give them the countdown four, three, two, one, so they could get out of this climb. Uh, we're doing eight up, eight down and out of the bottom. Don't touch when you're, when you're seated, just like simple, but really powerful strength climbing up this hill sort of thing. And I like hucked myself up onto the podium using my arms to like bring myself up kind of towards the bike and was waiting for my leg to sort of figure it out. Then I had this realization that something had snapped and was like, Oh, it's not coming back. Like it is not, she is not coming back to the stage. And it was super weird. I've never had an injury like that in, in a ride before. Um, I've never had it happen where it's truly, it truly was, um, something where I felt I had to debate whether I was going to leave the room or not, whether I was going to stop the ride early, whether I was going to tell people what had happened. Obviously they would know, but like uh, my mind was going a million miles a minute and I had to make some really quick decisions. 
Um, it did make it for an interesting case study for my students because we talked about distractions in class and like, how do you manage it? Um, we talked, we've, we had already spoken about what to do when, when riders are being disruptive or riders are, there's lots of new riders and you have to address like that, the discrepancy in between their abilities and make sure everybody feels like they're on the same team. But it was a whole, I had never even considered like what happens if, if you're injured. Um, I realized that I could still, I I'm, I'm very confident in my coaching abilities off the bike. I've since led a wheelhouse live ride off the bike completely with, with Taylor on the podium and it was completely fine. And I had done this before where I had to lead off the bike because we had like too many riders. And so somebody rode a podium for me. But it's it was just different being injured because that distraction is going on in your mind as well. So I really broke it down and um, for the students, and so I'll make this quick for all of you. Bottom line is I, I finished the ride, and one of the reasons I decided to do that was because I knew that it was going to be potentially and probably the last time that we'd be in the room. And I realized that the pain wasn't getting any worse and that I could just stand in one spot and like have this like light show happen between using the volume and the lights and just really try and be as creative as possible. I was able to do the weight track, no problem. Um, and then finally when it, when the ride was over, I sort of collapsed on the stage and had a friend who was in the ride who had been watching this whole thing happen, drive me home because of course it was the right leg. So driving, uh, was a non starter. So that was a bit of an eight minute intro into where I'm at, but it's been a slow, it's been slow going, honestly, like for somebody who, who is very busy and kind of has this slight addiction to being busy and having a lot of things on the go, being physically unable to work out and get dopamine and serotonin, whatever the one is that gives you the endorphins. That always reminds me of, um, of Legally Blonde, which she's like, <laughs> she's like, happy people don't kill people. (laughs) Like endorphins make people happy. That's literally like how I feel in this moment. Um, not that I'm uh, homicidal or anything like that, but I just mean, uh, like part of what I find keeps me balanced mentally is, is physic physical movement. And I, when I meet new people or when I'm talking to people in my life about this importance, I think it's it's taken a few conversations with certain people close to me that to make them realize like just how important this is. Um, and this injury, it was nice that there was some there was some understanding in my close circle of like, wow, like this is gonna be hard, not just because i I'm laying on a couch, which is like, my worst nightmare, but it brings up a lot of things for somebody who's battled disordered eating habits, like not being able to work out. It, it brings in a, in a fear of what, what's going to happen to me physically, not just like the lack of strength and endurance and, and, um, conditioning, but also like my physical appearance. And I've really had to work on sort of trying to quiet those, that voice and find find healthy control instead of finding control in, in the way I'm eating as a result of not being able to move. If that makes sense. Um, I just, this is all just to say that I've, I've really developed a lot of empathy for those who have injuries for those who have come to my rides with injuries. I'm very fortunate that I have not had an injury like this ever really, except for some, you know, um, 
back issues and, and spine things, but spin actually is the best thing for that. So I will be back on the bike leading. We're about three weeks in. Um, it's supposed to be six weeks. I think it's probably going to be more like eight, to be honest. I had some quick, some quick uh, wins, and then, and then it took a bit of a dive when I realized I can't actually walk. But I do have a bike at home, and I'm going to get back as soon as I can. And until then, Taylor and the Wheelhouse Fam is like the most supportive people and organization and company. And I could honestly just cry because I my one of my first messages to Taylor about this was, please, please let me lead like off the bike like please let me like I can't take I we had just gotten this news so to reenact this like I had left the room hobbling on one foot got the news that we were going to be closed and just felt like the whole rug had been pulled out from under me and one of my first messages to Taylor was um please let me lead wheelhouse live or at least just tell me that I can and then you can rescind the offer later but uh, he immediately said yes and then was the first person to be on the podium and that's not easy that's definitely not an easy thing you can see you can check out my um, my ride called feel it all on wheelhouse live use code hannah 25 if you want to sign up and see that one of me coaching off the bike because if you are listening to this episode you're probably thinking of becoming a spin instructor or you maybe are a spin instructor and you're just curious about what what I have to say about this or you're a new one or you're an aspiring one (laughs) back to the, you want to be one because we are talking about five signs that you are ready to be a spin instructor. Now I want to put a little caveat at the beginning of this is because becoming a spin instructor is not like it's not as linear of a journey as some might think. And often you becoming a spin instructor is dependent on so many external factors that are, have, you do not have in your control. You have to be ready for auditions. You have to align yourself with a studio that you want to teach at. And that studio has to have room for you on their roster. These are all things that I talk about in my intro program called podium prep. This is an add on to instructor magic for those who are entering the program who are not currently instructors. I go through everything like how much you would get paid, what different structures there are, how you can make money, how you can develop your presence off the bike, how you can work on your voice, what exercises you should be doing, how to develop your musicality and start creating playlists before you actually join a, a, a training program outside of Instructor Magic and are at a studio. We talk about auditions and how to prepare for an audition, but there's even before all of that, even before all of that, if you're listening to this and you're like, you've had this secret dream, um, I'm here to validate that hopefully. And maybe, maybe there's some things that you should be working on before you actually start this journey because again, it's not linear. It's not going to happen tomorrow. That's just, that's just how it is. And you have to want it, but there are some indications that this is meant for you. And I know this for a fact because I have been a part of auditions and I have now had the privilege of leading 37 new and aspiring spin instructors through their journey. And I have even seen some really successful auditions and people get on the roster during instructor magic. So, uh, I'm not just a rando who is telling you that you 
you should become a spin instructor. Okay, let's get into it. 15 minute intro, not too terrible. This is going to be a shorter episode. So five signs that you are ready to begin your instructor journey. Number one, do you ride in the front row? <laughs> and I, I, I hope some of you were like, yup. I hope some of you were like, yep. If you have a desire to be front row center, ride in the front row or on the side, depending on on where the side riders are at your studio, that is a sign that you could be ready to start your instructor journey. And it's, it may be obvious and you might be saying like, well, what does that mean? The thing about riding the front row is that you are visible right? You're not in the back row having a more intimate and sort of independent journey outside of the class where you're like within yourself and kind of in the dark front row, you're on display and you are actually helping the coach, the instructor, the motivator, the inspirator, the whomever with the leadership of that ride. We look to the front row to help us more than ever now, do I see this and do I value this as, um, somebody who's going through an injury and it's it's, my front row is essentially like my podium rider. They're the people who are helping really exemplify the quality of riding that I'm looking for, the choreo, the attention to detail, detail, the form, the reaching down and adding it in when I'm asking somebody to add it in, like they're the leaders of the ride. And that's, that's usually the case front row center, especially so bike six at wheelhouse, you know, you're locking eyes with me and I love it because I'm obsessed with eye contact. Um, but if you, if you crave front row and by crave, I mean like you make sure that you have a front row bike, you, you try and bike book early. You're there. Like you might be doing doubles or triples. You're a front row rider. And in my, just to be clear in my rides and wheelhouse rides, anybody can be a front row rider. But if you are a person who wants and needs to be in the front row, this is a sign that you could be ready to start your instructor journey. And let me tell you, I was a diehard front row rider and I wanted to be seen and I wanted to be, see myself in the mirror and I wanted to help the instructor really like lead the ride by giving them my full energy. So if this is you, this could be your first sign. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Cause I know that some of you are saying yes. Number two, second sign. If you can hear a music cue and a beat drop, you could be ready to start your instructor journey. Again, this sounds so simple, but it is not. It is not. Any instructor listening who's missed a beat drop knows how important it is. And I've been a part of training groups and I've helped mentor others who do not have the gift of musicality or who who just find it a little bit more difficult to find the beat and hear the track and really hear the buildup and the climactic moment right before the beat drop or even grasp, like if we're leveling up, even grasp really, really challenging beat drops. Paradiso is one example. The playlist I just shared recently where it was uh, way down we go, Kaleo, um, was it Hoser? Oh my God, I don't know. It was the King Cavalier remix. There was a really hard beat drop that I listened to. And because of my background in DJing, I can hear a beat drop coming. I just know it's coming. And I, if if there is a difficult one, I can memorize it, internalize it, and 
it's really rare for me to miss it. I have to, I have to be having a moment where I can't hear the music properly or I'm distracted by something to miss it. Um, and it's just an innate thing. I've always had rhythm. I've always been musical. If you were in choir, if you played an instrument, if you understand music and the fact that there is eight beats to to we have like eight counts of music and we count in four, three, two, one or 16 bars or 32 counts for a chorus. If you understand the structure of a song or are musical in any way there, it is probably very likely that you could be um, a shining star in instructor training because being musical and hearing that music while you have a microphone, while you're looking at your riders, while you're distracted, while you're trying to cue choreo, it is going to be your foundation to becoming an exceptional instructor and to being successful at this thing. So if you are counting my beat drops, if you can hear the four, three, two, one, if you can hear music and keep your beat as a rider, this could be a sign that you are ready to start your instructor journey. Yay. Two down. Let's go. Oh my gosh. I'm annoying myself. (laughs) Do you guys ever have that? Will you just like annoy yourself by the way you're acting? It's me. Number three, do you cheerlead others? Are you vocal? Are you coaching others? Now, if you have ever been on a sports team, you will know what I mean. If you are on the bench and you have a you're a different lineup is on the court. I'm making a volleyball reference and you are off the bench and you're cheering and you're hooping and hollering and you're clapping and you're, you're, um, really like cheering your team on in the moments where they need that energy. This is such an underrated thing that instructors do. And I think the best instructors do it well and they do it intentionally and they know when somebody needs to hear from them to have that little burst of energy. It's not about speaking the most. It's not about who can fill the most air with their words. It is about coaching and cheerleading and motivating. Now, if you were that person who cheers others on. If you're a teacher and you enjoy seeing people succeed and are looking for an outlet where you can vocalize that, if you're in a class and you're constantly the person who is cheering and yelling and and giving me the, the hell yeah when I say hell yeah or giving me the loudest cheer when I ask you guys how you're feeling at the very beginning of your ride, that is cheering and motivating. And all you need to do is all you need to do is learn how to hone that and really do all the things I mentioned in terms of being strategic with your motivation and your coaching to help others, um, by being vocal and bringing that energy and expressing that energy for your, through your physical form. It's not as easy as I just made it sound it to be. There's so many things that go into doing it well. And again, of course I'm plugging my course. Cause if you're here listening to this and you want to know how, well, I have a whole program on teaching you. Number four, this is a nice segue. Do you have personality? Can you speak on a microphone and make people laugh or make people smile? Or do you enjoy telling stories? Now, I know that there's introverts, myself included. I'm actually an introvert extrovert. There, I know there's people who are introverts who have dreams of being instructors. And this is not at all to dissuade any of you if you're listening to this and saying, oh, I'm nervous. Everybody's going to be nervous. Introverts, extroverts, extroverts, like 
I meant introverts, extroverts, like slash, and then also just extroverts too. Everybody's going to be nervous. So nerves have nothing to do with personality, um, in this, in this context, at least. If you have personality and like you enjoy making others laugh, you enjoy speaking to people, you think things are funny, you love certain genres of music, you are kind of a person who lights others up and likes to do that, even if it's in your small friend group. If you if you are interested in bringing that, sorry, my dog's like attacking the chair behind me. Kelly, chill. I'm gonna leave that in because. It sounded like she was knocking on the door. Um, If you're a person who enjoys expressing your personality, even if it's through your group of friends, like this is only going to be amplified on the microphone. And let me tell you, it is so fun. I think we often focus on our fears of getting on the podium and like the nervousness that comes through that. I, It can be harder some days and it can be much easier. And for me, it was actually a lot easier than I thought it was going to be to, to feel comfortable on the microphone the first time I put put the the headset on. And I, I don't think we talk about that enough. I think there's this like fear mongering, this like scarcity and urgency people feel like with like the mindset in terms of, of telling others how hard it is. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely hard. And it's finding your own voice and learning how to project are like a whole, that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different module in my course. (laughs) Please keep, please keep this episode on. I swear to God, this is one of the last few times I'll talk about it. Um, so there's voice, there's like, there's voice theory and, um, voice exercises you can do. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like actually having confidence to put on the microphone because it's sort of, to me, like putting on a superhero cape. It is not how I act day in and day out. I'm not the same exact person on the podium that I am in my real life. I'm like a more exaggerated version of myself. I am... I think funnier in some ways. I'm louder. My personality is bigger. I'm way more emotional than I am day to day. Like I'm not going around here making people cry in the supermarket. Like that's not who I am. I'm not even the same as I am on this podcast. Like when you get, when you get on the podium, I think a lot of people feel like the volume's just been turned up on their on their personality and it is a thrill. It's not just nerves, it is an actual thrill in the best way. But you have to have some sort of um, thing, some sort of personality to bring out. And again, this is not to dissuade any introverts out there who are who are still maybe finding their personality. Um, I want you to think about the times when you're having the most fun and when you feel the most free. That could be on the dance floor. That could be in your friend group. That could be playing a sport. When you feel completely free to be yourself, that's how I feel on the podium. And um, it's, it's a wonderful, wonderful feeling. So... If you have some personality for for this, if you have a thing, you could be into rock, you could have a lot of tattoos, you could be very emotional, you could be very motivational, you could be a cheerleader, you could be a comedian, like anything that kind of sets you a little bit apart will help people gravitate, the right people gravitate to you as an instructor and, and will love you for it. And again, it is such a thrill to be up there, to be impacting the lives of others and bringing your personality to it. Number five, do you feel the call? 
do you feel the call? And this sounds a little bit spiritual and I don't, I really don't mean it to be, but I could not think of another way to phrase this. Do you feel the call to be an instructor? Like there's something that I can't really, I can't really describe or articulate even that well that just made me from probably the first year of spinning, like more than a 10 years ago, want to be up there. And it was partly because I had been a coach. It was partly because I was always the captain on my volleyball teams. It was partly because I just loved it. And I was like so fascinated by the, 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 the ability to make playlists. Like I loved music so much. So the thought of making playlists and bringing my DJing and sport together was, was like the idea was intoxicating. And, and I just was so excited by that challenge. If you are a front row rider, who understands music, who's a cheerleader, who has personality and who has this little voice inside of them saying, I want to become an instructor. Like, I, I don't know what other, what other sign you would need besides this, this exact podcast episode, giving you permission to go after that dream. It's just this thing that gives you, that's inside of you. That's saying, maybe I could do this maybe I could do this. Maybe I could be this person. It's this thing inside of you that when you're riding, you're like, Oh, I would do it this way. Oh, this choreo would be cool. Oh, I really think this would be a really good song for a ride. And maybe I'll send it to my favorite instructor or motivator. If you're having all of these things where you're thinking of spin all the time and you're having big emotional moments and you're wondering, maybe that could be me. This is me saying it probably could be you. The difference between those who succeed and those who don't are, are, is just trying it and then sticking with it. If you really, really want it, that's like, there is no secret sauce. There's no thing that somebody is just born with when it comes to this endeavor that distinguishes them from, from making it or not. It's, I've seen people go through training programs who have quit. I've seen people go through auditions who have quit the training program right away. I've seen people who have not made an audition and then quit because they didn't make that. They weren't successful in that one audition. Like I have done all of these things. And if you go back to the episode where I talk about my instructor journey, I literally had all of these scenarios kind of play out except for the part that I didn't quit. Like I would not be a wheelhouse motivator. I would not have a podcast that's, that's 65% directed for instructors. I would not have a course that has helped me feel really connected to my purpose in life. And I would not have waitlisted rides and, and riders, this amazing community of riders who I've connected with. That's like been such a fulfilling part of my life. If I had decided that good life fitness knew what was best for me when they did not take me as an instructor, like that many years ago. Yeah. I'm calling out good life. I'm doing it. <laughs> All my friends don't work there anymore. Like, and same with the second studio where I was a part of their training program. I had made it through the auditions and then the training program was canceled the day of like, if I had said, okay, this is obviously not meant to be, then I wouldn't be here. Then I went to one studio and then I went to the studio I'm at now. And this is like where I'm meant to be, but it took a long time and I've seen it happen so much more quickly and so much more easily from, for others, but there is still some challenge. There's going to be some level of challenge to getting to this dream, but I'm telling you it is worth it. And if you have all five of these things as I did, 
I want to encourage you to try it and see if it's for you. And the only way to try it is to, to jump in and, and, you know, as Eminem would say, you only have got one shot, one opportunity. I would argue that you probably have more than one, one opportunity as I did. But if, if there's a studio that you're riding at where they're talking about auditions or they're talking about, you know, filling their roster when COVID is over or adding more classes or you've connected with a student owner and you're asking them questions about how to become an instructor. Like there's ways to prepare. Obviously I, I have a, developed a program specifically for people who are interested in becoming instructors. It's called podium prep. It is the precursor to instructor magic. So when you enroll instructor magic, you would get a mini course, which talks about all of the things, which talks about choreography, which talks about BPMs and, and musicality and all the things that you would need to know to get into instructor magic and feel okay in it and feel like you were getting some success, but there are other spin certifications out there too. There's one through bikes, like there's one through Schwinn. There's different programs that focus way more on choreography and you're in a group training program where you actually get a certification. My perspective on why I, I developed Instructor Magic the way I did is because I believe that when you are going to teach at a studio, that studio will have a specific training program that will cover off choreography and you as a rider will kind of know what they're looking for. And if I were to teach so specifically on my set of choreography and my template, um, in terms of BPMs for music, it would probably clash a little bit with the training program that they have. It might not, but I want to set up my students for success. So what I teach really is meant to be complementary to any training program that you would receive, um, at any studio with any style of, of teaching and leading. So again, if you are feeling like this, this episode spoke to you, I am opening doors to instructor magic in June. I'm not going to announce the date yet because that'll come for a future episode. If you're interested in this, there's absolutely no pressure to do anything now, but there is an opportunity ahead of you. Again, podium prep is a part of, of instructor magic as an add on as a pre mini course to get you set up. If you're just interested in this journey and you're like, Hey, this is not for me now, but I would love to hear more about your journey. And this is something I want to do in the next five years. Shoot me a DM. Like I just love to connect with people. It has nothing to do with, with working with me specifically. It's just like this. I'm obsessed. I am obsessed with seeing people succeed and, uh, especially become the instructors of their dreams and tap into their magic. So that is it for this super quick episode, five signs. I hope that if you, if this episode resonated with you, you choose to give me a positive rating on iTunes or Spotify. I guess just iTunes. Hey, Spotify doesn't have rating, but maybe share it with a friend or tag me in your story. If you're listening to it, I love to see it. Um, and I will see you on the next episode of yes, you can have a wonderful day folks. Mm-hmm.